All right, welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 358. We're getting a little too regular at these things. I don't know. We might be causing the apocalypse if we think about it for a second. <laughs> Some sort of uh, summoning ritual. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening. They're, but this is, they're doing it again. <laughs> it's like our fifth week, and I don't think we. This something's wrong. Uh, I'm your host, Matt. And I am Ash. And that's it. You that's just got two of us tonight. Yeah, that's it. No, no fancy guests. Uh, no. Lots to talk about, though. I find myself, you know, joking about um, these being regular again. I'm finding myself doing stuff just for the show again, which is nice. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I should really play something new this week, which is good because it's making me get out of the habit of playing the same two games over and over again for like yeah. years of my life. So it's been kind of nice to uh, to branch out and uh, and play some new stuff. Yeah, it's uh, I have been wanting to video game again, which video game again, <laughs> I suddenly became my parents. Uh, <laughs> I've been wanting to play the old video game box again, uh, but have I have had I have very limited time currently as you well know when your child reaches two and they're moving and you're chasing after them all the time and then by the time they get to sleep it's like nine something and then you know you, gotta, you are you ready to collapse clean and the kitchen yeah. or whatever and then you gotta like just you just veg on the couch or whatever but I have I have such a backlog of games and I've been thinking about how to start working through those um including and the one i think i'm gonna start with i have two that i'm gonna start with one of these two and it's either gonna be the assassin's creed that you guys both recommended so heavily uh the one odyssey, odyssey? yeah odyssey is like i've might be top 10 games of all time odyssey well, is I've, so good so i have odyssey and then i also have spider-man which i've heard Ooh, yeah endlessly raved about so I'm gonna, I think I'm going to pick up one of those two first. But yeah, same thing. I've been wanting to play more, not just to talk about it on the podcast, but I feel like the podcast has got my gears greased, you know? Like, I'm like, oh, I should really start doing some of the stuff that I enjoy doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like, you know, we joke all the time, but it's like we're coming up on year 10. Uh, it's hard to stay enthusiastic about yeah. anything for 10 years, especially marriage. <laughs> no, no, but 10 years is a long time to do this. Yet? I hit 10. Uh, yeah, we, we hit 10. You uh, hit 10 this year, right? And yeah, I hit 10 last year. Yeah, yeah that's how that this worked. year. Yeah, I think we were like mid-pandemic, like, happy 10-year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> Nothing. Like, uh, um, But yeah, so uh, yeah, so I'm excited to be doing these regularly again. I'm already like mm-hmm. planning ahead for future episodes, and we've got some cool stuff planned. So thanks. Uh, people are still listening to the show. I, like, I put... Yeah stuff up on slack the other day i was like there's people all over the world still listening to this show so thank you uh we had people a lot of people in like singapore and the philippines so if you're let us know on social media where you're where you're listening to the show we'd love to hear uh, tweet at us or email us Uh, i'm gonna be dead honest with you right now neither ash nor i look at facebook so i wouldn't bother facebooking us but you can absolutely tweet or email us you can email us at nerds at nerd appropriate or ash or matt at nerd appropriate.com yeah Uh, and you know, we got a bunch of stuff, not just this podcast, but we're working on a bunch of other stuff too. So we're gonna we're gonna tell you about it later in cool. time. Not today, but at some point. And it'll be fun and exciting. But for now, do you wanna do Scott's bit? I'll do Scott's bit. So um I love that we call it Scott's bit. It's it not is. even the rundown anymore. It's just do Scott's thing. Do Scott's thing. So uh in the reviews section, we'll do reviews first. Um, I got to see Bill and Ted face the music. Wait, you uh, saw it? I did. I saw it. Oh, you uh, 
Emmer Effer. I know. I saw it. I, I begged a review screener of it and got one from MGM. So uh, I stayed up late last night and watched it. Uh, and I will talk a spoiler-free review of Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, I've been playing a 10-year-old game called Final Fantasy XIV because I, I asked the Twitter community, uh, what do you guys recommend I play? I'm looking for something new. And I had a bunch of people that I trust say, you got to play this. It starts out slow and gets better. Um, so I have been playing a bit of Final Fantasy. I don't remember 14. which one that is. I'm gonna look while you're talking. It's the MMO, which is oh. which is terrifying. <laughs> it's just terrifying. But I'll I'll talk about my impressions of the first like eight hours of it. Uh, is this because you're a PC gamer now? Uh we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, Matt and I played the Green Knight, uh, which yeah. is uh, a, an A24. I guess tabletop experience. We played that virtually uh, over the yeah. weekend, which is super fun. We'll talk about that. Uh, I played Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout with my son because I figured this was going to be the perfect game for a four-year-old, and uh, we'll have my experiences with Fall Guys and how terrible I am at Fall Guys. And uh, Matt is going to talk about some old-school Dragonlance, which I read, I think, in yeah. middle school. I and did love too. Dragonlance. Oh, we're going to quickly talk about some news. Uh, Gamescom yeah. started uh, today. So there's... Uh, How many so, days is it running for? I think it's three days this year. All is it all virtual? Days. It's all virtual, yeah. Um, Jeff Keighley, man, gets his, yeah. gets his grubby mitts into everything. He's he's Mr. Mister Computer Game at Keighley. A, a friend asked me about Gamescom uh, today, and I was like, oh, it's a virtual thing Keighley's doing. And then I was like, wait, no, Gamescom is the giant conference that happens in germany every year isn't it and yeah. I, like, googled it and i was like yeah no this is a conference a convention that happens like every yeah. year it's humongous it's like 10 like, e3s it's like three hundred thousand people uh, yeah. normally at gamescom uh so we're gonna talk about some early impressions of some stuff they showed off at gamescom and um tiny bit of news about the resident evil show coming to netflix a live action series based on capcom's resident evil series and uh, I think that's pretty much it for our news section. So you want, to, I'll, I'll, you want me to do the audible read real quick? Uh, yeah. All right. The audible read. Hey, guys. Do you like books? We do. Matt's going to talk about Dragonlance. <laughs> that's one you can. That's one you can get through Audible. Uh, Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from in every genre: thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, and more. Audible titles play on iPhone, Kindle, Android, and more than 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash rated NA and help out the show while you're there. Cool. So, Gamescom. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it was today, and I was literally <laughs> just like on YouTube while I was at work, and all of a sudden I saw, saw people starting to tweet about Dragon Age. I was yeah. like, what's going on with Dragon Age? Like, this is a weird time to announce anything Dragon Age related. And um, lo and behold, they showed a big behind the scenes clip of the next Dragon Age game, which obviously for our listeners, uh, we have a lot of people in our little community that uh, are huge Dragon Age and Bioware fans. So I was very eager to see what this was. And it was like a three minute clip showing off all sorts of concept art of uh, Dragon Age 4, including what a lot of people are assuming are the new companions for Dragon Age 4. 
along with the environments and a couple familiar faces. They did a really good video montage of the team in Edmonton, like standing out in the field majestically with like wind blowing in their hair, <laughs> talking all things Dragon Age. You like almost half expect a dragon to like land next to them and be like, and this is my dragon. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it, from what I saw, uh, just the concept art and some, uh, some in-game stuff as well, at least early yeah. in-game stuff, it uh, is looking really promising and really cool. And, um, you know, got me amped. Like I haven't played a big, not including Final Fantasy XIV, <laughs> uh, which is good. No, it's, uh, it's good, but I haven't played a big, uh, but yeah. what they did show, the concept art and just the general tone of the team, it looked uh, really cool and really positive. And I'm just happy to see that EA is confident enough to start putting this out there yeah um, and start showing it more and more and more so uh i'm very excited to see what happens and like i was saying i haven't played a big like epic rpg since probably assassin's creed odyssey um yeah especially a fantasy of, one like this yeah yeah i think odyssey was the last one i played but definitely man when you get in there i think you're absolutely gonna love it it has odyssey speaking of odyssey you're gonna have uh <laughs> like it has some of the best character moments and the the vo <laughs> just is just moved like, into an odyssey review it's beautiful it's just a beautiful game uh, i i think this was really cool uh it i laughed because um i love bioware you know i love the stuff for the most part that they've made and uh like uh they do this thing before every game and it kind of cracks me up a little bit like they always do a here's some concept like i feel like they just have like hours of b-roll ready to go of the team like working at their computer and then like the shot shot of the whole team standing together and then like the the art and stuff like they did it for anthem they did it for uh the last mass effect uh, yep. uh andromeda they did it for mass effect 3 like they always have these like shots and stuff and it always cracks me up mm-hmm. uh because i know it'll be good but as a person who has started and not completed two out of three dragon ages i feel qualified to say this looks great <laughs> well i have played them uh all many times and uh, <laughs> i have watched my wife play through them multiple times as well so i am uh super eager to see what happens with this yeah but um, I'm just glad it's to... still happening. Yeah, me too, man. Me you too. never know. It's, with this it's stuff. hard. Well, especially now yeah. with uh, the pandemic, it's like you don't know what stuff's getting cut behind the scenes just because things, the work environment's so weird, you know? Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Uh, strange title. Did you see Bridge Constructor? I didn't know. So you're going to have to tell. I didn't. I went. I meant to look this up before we, we, we started too, but I didn't. So it's should like. I, a... Should I watch it really quick and then. Yeah. Right, watch watch it. it sort of as I'm talking. This is great for our listeners. Matt's watching Bridge Constructor. Yeah. So it's a, I guess it's a puzzle game in which you build bridges. But anyway, you build these bridges and you're trying to outrun zombies. So you're trying, it kind of reminds me of Lemmings where you're trying to get people from like one end of the map to the other. And you have like a different, um, you know, different stuff you can build to help the survivors get from one end to the other. But I think the little uh, catch with Bridge Constructor, The Walking Dead, is the fact that they are being chased by zombies the whole time. It just stood out as like a, I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's a kind of an odd title because when it popped up, I was like, what is this? Like, Bridge Constructor, <laughs> Walking Dead. Like, who, like who's the audience for this? <laughs> like, you're either a huge Walking Dead fan or a huge Bridge, <laughs> bridge fan. <laughs> 
So <laughs> Bridge those... Constructor is an old game, though. It's existed forever. It used to be like a physics game that you would try to get a train across a bridge without it collapsing or something. Uh, and now, apparently... It's Survivors. You're trying to get Survivors across. And then I would assume maybe purposely cra- collapse the bridge to kill the... Well, huh. Also, that trailer is two minutes of a guy running through a thing and then like uh, okay. sec- three seconds of a game. But yeah. Huh. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's just something I felt like bringing up because it was odd and I thought it this was me. <laughs> honest question. As the person who cared about Walking Dead the least in this group. Yeah. Uh, does it still carry that much like purchasability? I don't know. I mean, they're on right? I think, like season 10 or something yeah. absurd like that. And I know the comic <laughs> book has ended and Kirkman's kind of over it. I think like, but they're still they're still doing spin-off shows like they have fear of the walking dead and then there's like another there's movies coming out so i think there's still like millions of people that watch this show but it's not like the 20 million people right. a week phenomenon that it was around season four and five yeah. um before no, they they went crazy yeah that's true yeah uh the next one that stood out to me that i'm pretty excited for is a game called outriders from uh people can fly who did Bulletstorm, and we mm-hmm. we joked about Bulletstorm. I want to say at this point, it must have been like six or seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. It had like one of the most like um, just dripping machismo marketing campaigns that I think I had ever seen in my life. Uh, but Bulletstorm Didn't they itself, use like uh, Monster Energy drinks and stuff too, or no? Oh, I, I don't, don't even, remember. I I feel like yeah, I think or maybe yeah. that that was our or it was joke. like an off-brand one. <laughs> yeah that was like it's our... probably the same joke we made oh, yeah. six years ago we're gonna roll back and be like the same exact joke i made yeah no the joke was like i remember the marketing campaign because there's like a point where like one of the guys that was talking about the game like put like both of his middle fingers together and like made like an explosion in the camera he's like this game boom and he's just like did he just double flick off explode us like <laughs> Uh, what a, do i deserve a double flick off explode i don't know i didn't even know that was the thing but um anyway people can fly the, the the game was really good Bulletstorm was good marketing was a little bit weird um outriders reminds me a bit and scott will like this it reminded me of fuse in that it did it look is, like that yeah yeah it's like a four-person co-op um kind of a class-based uh third-person action title and you know those games are just really wonderful to play with friends where you're relying on each other's abilities and just goofing around and having a good time like all of when you know when our group of friends gets together and play stuff like that it always ends up being just a fantastic experience and i know bullet storm i'm not bullet storm but people can fly can deliver a really solid action title so i think outriders is going to be really fun especially with a group so it definitely had a sort of you know, gearsy and quality to it. I think when I was watching it, it was a little dark kind of feel, but I thought it was cool. I like, like you said, they're, they're, they're a company that, you know, the game will be well made. It'll be tight. And the fact that it was co-op, I thought was, was awesome. That's like a thing that we lack so often in this world. I agree. I the agree. ability to come together and play against a common enemy. It is. It's fun. Those are my favorite games to play with friends. I'm, you know, competitive stuff with friends. is just, eh. eh. Yeah. A uh, little quick, couple quick things. Just Hold on. Wh- oh, there's more? There's Good. one big question. Yes. What is it? Ash, are you going back to WoW? Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm 
not. Although it's funny, I uh, I saw the expansion stuff in yeah. Com, and I like I seriously considered it, but then I was like, <laughs> I was just like, I just had an image of my inventory that's still there, and I was like, I don't want to look at that, and it's just like literally thousands of old items. Yeah, it's like going through an old closet and being like, I just can't deal with this right now. So. Yeah, I thought so they about showed, WoW, and I was just—they like, showed yeah. a bunch of stuff from the new expansion for WoW, uh, and then they showed this this new animated series. Did you watch that? Uh, I did. I watched. Uh, yeah, I watched. I think the whole clip that they showed, like three or four minutes. I, I'm gonna be honest; it's confusing to me because it is very pretty in the art that they did. It's very unique, but for a company that made some of like the most high quality 3d cutscenes I've ever seen period, like from way back. I mean, they were one of the reasons in college I wanted to go into like 3d stuff was I wanted to go work for blizzard and do cutscenes. I thought that their stuff was so insanely good. Yeah. Uh, so to see them announce an animated show and then show it. And it's like this kind of weird animated comic book animatic series thing it's not fully animated. It's very well voiced and the art is very cool. It just was very, I was confused. I just got, I left kind of like, huh? Like of all the companies to do that, you were not the one I thought would do that. It's not like they're lacking money to dump in. Yeah. It's definitely show. like, it definitely is uh, a less expensive thing to produce than one of yeah. the typical, like their last Diablo short that they put out. I want to say, uh, was it E3? Maybe it was E3 last uh, year. Was it E3? Yeah. It was or it might have been BlizzCon, probably. Yeah. Uh, was just like the quality was insane. Like, oh, it was bonkers. It, yeah. And, you know, all their Overwatch stuff is like Pixar quality. But you're right. It's it's a weird pivot to see. It was like, weird. And they also showed like a lot of it during Gamescom. It was like yeah or full minutes, and the chat was just like I never should look at the chat. I closed the chat so was quick. just all yelling. <laughs> skip 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 like skip the cutscene. i'm like okay yeah. that's first that's rude but second it's like you know it it might have not been the best time to show such a lengthy uh clip of something yeah. like that but yeah but i'm not going back to wow no <laughs> <laughs> that would be a bad bad life decision uh anyway just quickly scanning through some of the other cool stuff just for a second uh they showed some more star wars squadrons it all looks great they showed um some really famous characters like uh, Leia is in there and Harris and Dula uh, from uh, rebels is in there, which is just fantastic. Uh, they showed off the Lego Sky, uh, star Wars Skywalker saga, which I will definitely pick up and play with my son when that comes out uh, sometime in 2021, those Lego games, especially like the Marvel ones have just been really great uh, you know, to play with the family and they sh uh, the other stuff that looked really good. I've never been a Ratchet and Clank guy, but the Ratchet and Clank they showed off looked really fantastic too, which yeah. is called uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. So uh, they did show one trailer I liked was the Unknown Nine Awakening, which is a new title from a Montreal studio um, based around an Indian girl who, like, I guess dies at the very beginning, but then learns that she can, like, control space and time to kind of prevent it and see and it was super stylized looked really cool it wasn't much i think it was mostly cutscene and not actually gameplay but i just thought it was really neat i thought it, the main character being a, an indian girl is amazing like that's not something we get a lot of so i thought that was cool i was looking forward to something like that too looks Very kind cool. of control-esque if you will 
Ooh, I can't wait. The the new version of Control, the definitive, like ultimate edition, yeah. just came out, and it's been on my list for a while. So I, I may maybe I'll play that before next week. We'll see. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, let's shift over to some very quick resident evil news because i feel like i'm sort of obligated to talk about resident evil <laughs> but uh they are does the tattoo forward? fade every time i know that... it does it's like you must speak of me or else i will leave your body it is slowly fading away because it's so yeah. old and i'm becoming a wrinkly old dude um <laughs> so there is a resident evil series uh coming to netflix it's in uh pre-production now but netflix was actually advertising that uh, this morning which is the uh, 27th of august uh it's good to see because netflix has been cutting a lot of stuff like altered carbon just got canceled yep. and um, two seasons yeah don't get too attached buddy yeah do not um so they're also adding new stuff to their slate but they did release a little um blurb about what the show is going to be about it says uh when the wesker kids move to new raccoon city the secrets they uncover may just be the end of everything resident evil a new live action series based on capcom's legendary survival horror franchise is coming to netflix it's going to be eight episodes long uh, apparently it follows two sisters in uh two timelines there's like a present timeline which is the future when present which is the future there's <laughs> it follows the future timeline <laughs> in which, which the, is the world present. yeah which is the present <laughs> in which the world is uh, overrun by undead and is all screwed up and there's sort of the flashback uh which is how raccoon city fell and uh what happened with the virus uh and of course you know if you follow west uh wesker if you follow resident <laughs> evil at all i'm tired dude <laughs> me too <laughs> i'm so tired i went for a bike ride today and i'm exhausted uh, i know i painted my back porch and i'm just like mm. oh florida um activity seriously moving Dude, it was around 97 it was 97 here today oh gosh city's not built for heat huh no um so anyway it follows <laughs> Anyways. the wesker family wesker's the main uh, antagonist in resident evil he's the leader of stars but he's also double agent for umbrella really cool character a fan favorite character but it follows his daughters which is um really really cool so we haven't really learned anything about them so it's going to be an original story i believe loosely tied to um to the games, the games. Yeah, so surprising that it's live action yeah i thought they would go you know anime style or something like that yeah, it's gonna cool. be cool they've netflix has been doing really good with their original stuff lately i haven't caught like a stinker like a real Only stinker they kept it around i know it's like two or three seasons if you're lucky right you know the why behind that right yeah you told me there's like data yeah. about the how, how much essentially they watch. don't get not that people don't watch they don't get new viewers mm. so the first two seasons will draw new viewers in and they found that the third and fourth don't tend to draw as many or any new viewers so there's no point in running it i think once you told me that earlier in the year i've been paying attention it's like oh yeah. rarely yep. do shows get season five oh yeah they never get season five unless yeah. it's like stranger things or something that's so right. giant that they can't not do it but if it's like they rarely get season three honestly so mm. uh, yep well let's take a quick break and come back and uh do reviews cool Great. We are back and I'm going to talk about Bill and Ted face the music. I'm going to do it as spoiler free as humanly possible. Um, I did 
luck out and got a screener review copy from uh, MGM. And uh, I think the embargo. Well, I'm going to left... pay for it. <laughs> it's worth paying for. There's my review. I could find. So yeah, the embargo just lifted. It'll be lifted by the time this goes live. So we can talk about it a little bit. Um, I'll start off by saying I watched this with my wife, and uh, we plopped down on the couch. I was like so wildly eager because Bill and Ted uh means a lot to me just as like a, a nerdy dude like my dad took me to see it when i was a kid it's one of the things that made me fall in love with history and made me really interested in historical characters there was something really cool about the first movie and seeing you know as fake and goofy as it was seeing joan of arc interact with genghis khan and abraham lincoln and and napoleon and all those great characters from the first film it was really special. And then later on, when I went on to become a teacher, after my students would finish their final exams, uh, I would usually show this like the last two days of school, mm-hmm. uh, sort of whether they liked it or not, they got to watch Bill and Ted. And they was <laughs> like, what the hell is this movie? Like, because, <laughs> you know, there's a way, you know, they're born in like 2000. Oh, yeah. 2005. Yeah. You know? like none of the references land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, so Bill and Ted was a special movie to me. So I sat down to watch this. I was a little bit nervous. I was like, oh man, what could this possibly be? Um, and you know, what I discovered was it, it, it's, it, it manages to capture the tone and the vibe of the first film uh, almost perfectly, in my opinion. Like I, I just remember I smiled throughout almost the entire film. And that's sort of what I did when I was a kid watching the original. It's yeah. just something about these two best friends and how much love they have for each other um, that really makes it just a joy to watch them on screen together and going on this adventure. And it also is sort of mirrored in real life because Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves became friends for life when they made this film and their friendship is really what ended up allowing Bill and Ted face the music to happen because these guys uh, have gone on record saying they have always been the gatekeepers of these characters. And they've always, they've, you know, they're people have been trying to reboot the franchise and do different things with the Bill and Ted franchise. And they've always said, no, we want to do a third one when the time is right. And uh, that time was apparently last year after finally <laughs> finding the money and the time, you know, to get back together. But these guys, you know, have always had each other on speed dial for, you know, over uh, 30 years at this point after the, the first film came out. Um, so Bill and Ted Face the Music happens uh, 25 years after the events of the film. And this is all stuff from the trailer, but they were supposed to write the perfect song that will unite not only our world, but all of the, the sort of the multiverse, all the different timelines. So it has to mm-hmm. be this, this song that's so perfect that everything is just fixed. In, in all timelines across the whole you know galaxy so that's sort of a big undertaking and the film picks up with them having tried to write this song uh for 25 years and they've written songs <laughs> of like every single genre uh you know with, from like didgeridoo songs to like there's even a scene with a theremin that just reminded me of scott playing the theremin <laughs> where keanu sitting ghost in the yeah, corner yeah yeah <laughs> where keanu's playing the theremin in front of a group of people and it's just like oh man this exactly what scott did um (laughs) for those because we don't talk about it enough scott and i were in a band yes we reunited in 2015 scott having never played a theremin live before in his life thought you know what for this 
for this for this whatever reunition. What's the word for that? Reu reuniting union union i'm good i'm very tired uh he brought a theremin and we literally practiced once you couldn't hear it at all we had no idea what the hell was going on and he played it and it was kind of off key the whole time and ash described it and as and i quote (laughs) as a dying ghost in the corner it was a pretty good description Oh, I mean, it was pretty accurate. It was funny. It was great. Very funny. It was a really good show, though. A dying ghost is such a specific thing to say, (laughs) because a ghost is already dead. I don't know if people know this. A ghost is already a dead person. So a dying ghost is like you've leveled another thing. Double dead. Anyway, so that's that's the theremin joke that happened three times there that no one knows the reference to. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the relationship between the characters Bill and Ted is fantastic in the movie. They go on, of course, another. Uh, pretty wild adventure uh their daughters are along well not really along for the ride but they're on their own adventure this time and i don't want to get into plot specifics but they have two daughters that are roughly the age that they were in the first film so uh thea and billy uh played by bridget lundy payne who's from uh atypical on netflix which Mm. is a great show if you haven't seen atypical uh she's fantastic in that and uh Samara Weaving from uh, oh, cool. like a, a million different genre films yeah. in which she's great in all of them. If you haven't seen Guns Akimbo yet, holy crap. Yeah. Watch Guns Akimbo with uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving. It's she insane. She was just in one that I haven't watched yet, though, too, wasn't she? Uh, not, she's uh, in Hollywood on Netflix. No. Uh, and uh, Ready or Not. Yeah, Ready or Not. Ready or Not is wildly good. It's probably one I of my seen it, favorite yeah. horror films in the past couple of years. Just because isn't it's... she Hugo Weaving's niece? Or I daughter? think she is. I think she is. There's a weird Keanu Samara <clears throat> Weaving connection. Uncle, there. yeah, Hugo Weaving's daughter or niece rather. Yeah, I guess my only uh, the daughters were good. The only qualm is I wish they had a little bit more to do. It's hard though, because it's like everyone's there for Bill and Ted, right? You don't want to yeah. give up too much screen time to the kids. Uh, but they were good. And you know, the, the, you could definitely, they definitely behaved as Bill and Ted's children. There's a <laughs> lot of similarities between the characters, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, the princesses uh, are back uh, played by Aaron Hayes and uh, Jema Mays. Uh, Aaron Hayes is from like uh, children's hospital and stuff. So she's super funny. So you get to see their princesses in action again. And uh, probably there's a, there's a character. I don't want to give anything away, but when you watch the movie, my favorite character is a character by Dennis uh, named Dennis Caleb McCoy is the character's name, not the actor's name. Dennis Caleb McCoy is my favorite character in the film. Utterly ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. And every time he said anything, I I giggled like a child. (laughs) So there's a lot of really dumb, silly characters in this. Um, A lot of great uh, visual effects and uh, a lot of great like uh, aging makeup and uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of really good practical stuff as well. But, you know, I just left. I, it was like, you know, it felt like a short, maybe 100 minutes or something like that. It wasn't a very long film. Yeah. But it was just a, a perfect little uh, a little snack that left me feeling happy at the end. And there is a <laughs> there is an after credit scene that is very sweet that almost kind of like made me tear up a little bit. Um, so stay for the, the entirety of the credits. And there's like a good like two minute sequence at the end that you should watch. That's cool. Um, but yeah, man, Bill and Ted Face the Music was was just great. Definitely worth um, 
you know, plopping down a couple bucks when it when it comes out, which will be today. Yeah, it comes out. Yeah, today. It's good. Let when us know what this. you think. I mean, it is by no means a perfect film. And Bill and Ted was not a perfect film. No, we get film. it, Ash. This is the greatest movie you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> From the greatest series you've ever seen in your life. There's there's no money back guarantee with this review. Um, quickest walk back you've ever done. <laughs> I mean, look, it's just one guy's opinion, but you know. Yeah. Ugh. You may not like it. Uh, <laughs> this this may be a piece of shit. Who knows? Uh, uh, let's talk about Green Knight before I talk more. Okay. I, can, I didn't know if you want to keep talking or I can not. Drink some coffee. <laughs> sure. Are you drinking coffee? How are you doing that, man? I would be wired even as exhausted as i am if i had half a cup of coffee right now i'd be up till four in the morning really just have, oh yeah. man doesn't can't it... do caffeine other than in the morning now doesn't the only way me. i survive the morning but i would die afternoon and on uh so a24 has a movie coming out called the green knight uh pause dev for patel, dramatic right? dev patel was the name i was looking for um and it is a frankly amazing looking movie uh about a knight going on a quest to uh defeat the green knight i believe uh, it's pretty much what the game's about so i'm yeah. pretty sure that is what the movie's about there's even the fox in the trailer oh uh, there's uh, a bunch of things in the trailer if you didn't notice oh from really the game. yeah i watched yeah. the trailer after we played i was like Did oh, you? oh. <laughs> yeah oh. there's the fox there's the skull if you will and a few other things oh cool um yeah, so the the movie looks great. It's super stylized. It was supposed to come out now. It's supposed to already be out, but uh, with the pandemic and everything, it got delayed, delayed, delayed. There's I don't know if there's a real release date yet for it, but hopefully soonish. I mean, they've they've started doing some more promotion stuff for it at this point, so uh, hopefully they do a similar thing and put it to VOD and whatever theaters are available or whatever, um, and get it out in America because I'd like to see it. It looks really great. Uh, but they put out a special edition uh, tabletop RPG box, you know, kind of old school. If you are an old school D&D fan, you know what the red box is. The red box is like, was it the first edition or first and a half edition of D&D where it was like a little game and all the stuff kind of you needed inside of this box. They did that for this game and they just called it the Green Knight. I knew nothing about it other than that. And I'm a giant A24 fan. So I ordered it. Uh I have a new initiative in my life right now, which is to play more tabletop games uh, while I'm home all the time, which seems weird because I can't see other people, but I decided we would do it over Zoom. I'm going to play through this huge backlog of game. If anybody who knows me knows I have an, an insane amount of tabletop games and a lot of them I've never touched. So we're doing it now. Uh, so I picked up the Green Knight, called Ash, called a couple of the friends, David and Matt, said, hey, do you guys want to try this game? It is, uh, how do we describe it? is an old school tabletop game uh d20 based but it only requires one d20 and uh there it's super heavy on role play and super light on um combat tactics or um mechanics spell mechanics stuff like that there really isn't much of anything basically the the mechanic of the game is you pick a class which was knight noble uh thief uh druid right were you a druid ash was there no, a not ran druid ranger ranger or a hunter I think hunter yeah and uh and it might be like a cleric i don't remember the fifth class um 
you pick a class, your class, you then build out your character with uh, some skills that you choose from and then some special abilities. And then the rest of the game is basically you doing skill checks to progress through the story. So you would say, you know, as the player, you'd be like, oh, I want to, you know, go investigate this thing over here to see if there's anything I can steal. And I'd say, okay, well, that's a, you know, thief check or something. You roll the d20 and then you pass fail based on this, I would say the most interesting part of the game, which is the mechanic of the pass fail on these skill checks is you are trying to maintain honor. And anytime you fail something, you lose some honor. Anytime you uh, finish an encounter, you gain or lose some honor based on what your decisions were throughout that thing. So as you're going, this sliding scale of honor is changing how hard your your skill checks are as you're playing. Uh, it was a little clunky. It definitely is like a game that they put together for like a marketing thing essentially and not like I don't think it was probably play tested a billion times or anything. There was some clunkiness to the storytelling, a little bit of railroading and a little bit of clunkiness to the role mechanic. Um, Cause a lot was left in the DM's hands of deciding like, you know, was this thing an honorable thing you're doing or a dishonorable, you know, what skill should you use to do this check? All those kind of things were kind of left up to the DM, but I, I found it super fun. I mean, as the DM, it's hard for me to say, so I'm, I'm glad we can review this together because you actually played. Yeah, no, I ended up having a really good time. I think the thing to me that was the most impressive is you just sent me a, a couple PDF files and we're like, Hey, like we've already started. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll have you join up in a few minutes and I'm like a few minutes I was able to roll up my character basically learn the rules yeah. and like build build out who I was probably in under 10 minutes yeah uh so you know it, it was very quick to start whereas creating a D&D character can be something that takes quite a while a day we used to put a whole session aside just to yeah. roll D&D characters yeah that was it the whole first day was always just like okay let's build characters this week yeah uh, so this is like you know you got started very quickly it would be really good to play uh you invite a handful of friends over and then you could just very quickly roll up your characters and go on a nice uh you know role-playing adventure but that's also the the, the thing i think it does require so much actual role-playing that you have to have a, a group that's comfortable with that yeah and i've played with a lot of people that aren't comfortable role-playing yeah. that are fine with rolling rolling their dice and uh doing combat encounters and things like that because it's more of like a game of chess right but the actual like you know using voices and like coming up with yeah different uh you know ways to defeat creatures and stuff is a little challenging for some people yeah i think that's kind of the biggest caveat to this specific game if you were going to pick it up the group that i mentioned ash uh david and matt are all kind of experienced role-playing guys who've done a bunch of stuff and i knew they would be down for kind of weird esoteric stuff that we were going to play so you know my thinking was well you'll all join in and the game will suck possibly but at least the four of us will have a, like a good time we won't have to worry about like dragging somebody through the game or something like that this, this should be a pretty easy playthrough um my recommendation i don't honestly know if you can even still get it maybe you still can I, I don't know if it's sold out or anything but my recommendation mostly for it is um that if you wanted to try out a new, if you've never done anything but D&D, &D, um, games like this, like The Green Knight, and there's some more that we'll end up talking about probably over the weeks as, as we play through some more stuff, uh, I think are super great to try. Trying new systems and seeing how other people develop these tabletop games. Like D&D is great and D20 system is very well thought out and planned and has some some great pieces to it and some really 
tiring, clunky pieces to it that take forever and, and are hard to learn. There's a lot of systems. If anybody's played fifth edition and you've attempted to play a magic user, like Godspeed to you. It is it is a like just a clusterfuck of systems that sit on top of sorcerers and wizards and warlocks, and they're all different by some weird, weird way. Um, but games like this kind of really like ash said if you like role-playing games like this open up the ability to just role play and allow the dm if you have a good dm to just move with it and like let things happen and let roles happen and you know like bluff stuff as you need to and just like move through the game and have fun i think that that's what this game kind of like highlighted really well for me because the story itself was pretty straightforward it was very railroaded like there there really wasn't basically the guys had like two options at every encounter of what they could do they never took either of those options and i had to like just make up (laughs) stuff on the spot but there was always like oh they can either you know help this person or not help them and if they help them then it'll do this and if they don't help them it'll do this and then they would be like well instead of just helping them what if we help everybody there and we take them with us and then we do and i was like okay sure yeah by the time i showed up like there was like a whole caravan of kidnapped people (laughs) chained to this chained to this wagon and i was like what like one guy was looking for like his wagon fender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Insane story. But you know, I know I enjoyed it because I thought about it like the whole next day and I was sitting at the kitchen table with my family and they're like, how'd that game go? And I was like, it was awesome. Like I had this hairy guy and I cut off my hair, <laughs> like wrapped it around this giant. And I'm like, it was so cool. It was like, it's just fun role-playing. David told me the next day that he knew you were be you would be down with everything that was going on when you showed up and explained your character. You'd done nothing else. He'd never met you before in his life, and you or you guys might have met once actually. Are you there? Maybe. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, did I? Oh no. Oh, you're frozen. I'm okay on my oh. end. I think we're back. Zoom I, well, we both look okay on our own end. One of us froze. Yeah. Say uh, so it's unstable connection. Oh, it yeah. looks like we're re- restoring normalcy okay are you back i think we're back i think so you're there okay cool uh yeah so you you rolled in and you described your character having like never cut his hair and you lived in the forest so you had this like long greasy just like unkempt hair down to your feet or whatever and you wrapped it around yourself a few times and like you you just described it and david was like oh all right well we're all on the same because david was uh, a noble who drunkenly ran over the green knight with his cart and was trying to get his fender back because he thought that <laughs> the green knight stole it. Matt was like a knight, but he had this bonkers backstory of like what he was trying to do. And all of it was like very funny and you guys were already game and there was voice, like you said, voices and stuff. And then I would voice all the characters and try to move everybody along. But uh, I do think that the game excelled at enabling that kind of role playing. And there are a lot of tabletop games like that. Some of them cheap to free that you can get on, like uh, different websites that do like one sheets that you just download PDFs essentially. Um, But yeah, so I wanted to talk about that game because I thought it was super good. If you can still get it, I think it's super fun. If you are a giant A24 fan and you haven't heard of the Green Knight yet, like go look up the Green Knight. If you don't know what A24 is, it's uh, Ex Machina, Hereditary, um, Midsommar. Like some of my favorite movies in probably the past 10 years are all A24 movies. So go check those out. Cool. The other thing I wanted to mention really quick is that I'm playing Ravenloft uh, online as well using Roll20, and uh, it's pretty fun, but you should try other systems. <laughs> D&D, D&D has its strengths and its weaknesses, and uh, I'm starting to see them more and more. 
the Ravenloft campaign is going pretty well. We have a good DM, so it's moving along pretty well. But it is very railroady. I've never played it before. Did you ever play it, Ash, with Strahd and everything? No, I never have. Always it's, wanted to. It's very. Yeah, I would say don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's very. It, it's like gothic horror, which is neat, but it's also like. Uh, it's it's built in the 80s and rough, so it's just kind of like it is what it is, but it's fun. Um, and I was going to give you a sneak peek peek of the next game we're gonna play in our little tabletop session. It is called Morkborg. Whoa! And uh, I kickstarted this game. I can hold it up even higher. That looks awesome. Uh, the art is insane. It's it's uh it's Norwegian, I think. It's essentially Norwegian black metal D and D game. Uh. But it's same kind of deal with Green Knight, super stripped down systems. Like I can probably email you a couple PDFs and you'll be able to roll up a character and figure out how to play and stuff. So I'm super excited. That'll be next. But I just think uh, the overall thing I wanted to bring to this is that in this shitty time, one amazing thing we do have with the internet is the ability to do this kind of stuff. And really all this was was me writing a few of my friends that I know would like these kind of things and going like, hey, do you just want to get on Zoom and <laughs> try some of these games? And if they suck after a session or even an hour, we can be like, fuck it, we're not playing this game anymore and just stop playing. And everybody's like, yeah, because it's kind of beautiful. You can go to your kitchen, grab a drink, sit down in your office and hang out with your friends and play a game. Like, Yeah, it is why really not? cool. So Thank the game that, that we played was called Green Knight. Uh, the game we're going to play next, if you want to look into it, is called Mork Borg. We'll talk about it on the podcast later as well. Uh, it's super cool looking. So I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm just going to quickly talk about Fall Guys from the sure. perspective of a, a dad because I don't think anyone needs to talk about Fall Guys right now because everybody's <laughs> talking about Fall Guys yeah. right now and just sort of taking over the streaming world and taking over the internet is sort of like the internet darling of the moment. Um, but you know what? For, for good reason. It's a, a game that's very beautiful in its simplicity. You play as a, a sort of a chubby, teeter-tottery, egg ragdoll character and you have to traverse a number of obstacles and get to a finish line along with 60 other people. Um, it's that, 60? I didn't actually 60. know how many people it is. Wow. It's nuts. So you start, you drop in, there's 60 people. The races are all different. Sometimes it'll be um, trying to outrun some like lava slash acid goo stuff. Sometimes you're uh, platforming from seesaw to seesaw with 60 other people sometimes you're just uh, racing uh and trying to jump through walls some of the walls are false some of them are actually solid so you like jump to a wall and just bounce uh all the while you have like all these people around you doing the same thing and the physics are, are really brutal in that like you know you can kind of grab onto other players or like smash into them and knock them over wow. or push them over so you're trying to you know scramble and get to the end or, or be one of the people that gets selected to be in the end. And then every single stage that goes by, you uh, get closer and closer to victory and more people get eliminated from the match until there's only a handful of people left. And then the, the final victor of the 60 after I think like maybe four or five different types of races will end up getting a crown and only with the crown can you unlock certain cosmetics. So the systems behind it are really cool. You'll get like, you know, like a goat head or like a tomato hat or something. It's like, you can't get the tomato hat without the crown. Uh, of course. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's fun. And the reason I said reviewing it from the perspective of, the da of a dad, because my, my son's four now 
And the real challenge is finding something that I can play that doesn't make me want to hurt myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I can play with him. That's appropriate. Right. That he'll have right. fun with. Uh, and even though he doesn't drive games too much um, at this point, he still loves watching them. So mm-hmm. it's like, you want to play something that's entertaining for you and him at the same time. And this, right. is, this is perfect for that. He loves watching the races and, and cheers and gets excited when we get close to the end. And I have fun playing it because it's just a silly fun, you know, sort of battle Royale game and matches are only like five, 10 minutes. And that's right, right around his attention span right now. So he'll watch <laughs> 15 minutes of this. Uh, and it'll be good to go. Like tonight after dinner, I was like, hey, you want to do Fall Guys for a few minutes? He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> 20 minutes of not, you know, playing with action figures. Um, yeah. But yeah, so super, super fun. I can see why it's very popular and, uh, you know, it's it's going insane right now. So if you haven't checked it out, it's only available on um, PC and PS4 right now. So it's not uh, Xbox or Switch. I feel like it would be a great Switch title. Um, but yeah, right now we're we're playing it uh, on my laptop in the TV room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you want me to do this and then Final Fantasy? Sure. Yeah, we'll end with Final Fantasy. This will be very quick. Um, but we said, you know, what are we playing, watching, reading? And I thought I'd bring this up. I uh, have gone back to middle school, as you said, and picked up the Dragonlance, the initial Dragonlance Chronicles series from my library on my nice. Kindle. Nice. Uh, and if you haven't done that yet, a lot of libraries are offering what they call e-cards right now, where you can get a digital card without going to your library at all, and it allows you to check out books through OverDrive or Libby, or there's a number of library systems now uh, where you can check out digital books. And mine, Libby, allows you to hook it up to your Kindle, and then you can download the book to your Kindle and start reading it. It's just timed or whatever. I think you get like whatever the normal checkout time is, six weeks or something. Um, and I did that and I was just looking for something to read that honestly would be easy to read, would make me feel better, <laughs> would would take my mind off of everything that's going on right now because yeah. it is a, is a whole lot. Uh, and uh, man, escaping into your your middle age, middle school aged like uh, fantasy novel is really kind of wonderful and great. Um, and Dragonlance, if you've never read it, I don't need to review Dragonlance. That would be bonkers. It's a 30 year old book. Uh, but it is, it's so fun and such an easy read. And like, if you like Game of Thrones, but you'd like it to be mildly less terrible I'll to it. the people, thank you, <laughs> mildly less terrible to the people that are involved with, dra- with, with, when I say Dragonlance, I meant Game of Thrones, uh, you know, uh, then Dragonlance is where, where you should go. Uh, just a super fun series and such a, a fun thing that I think honestly influenced not just Dungeons and Dragons at large, but fantasy writing for like a long time. They did a lot of stuff in 83 or whatever that wow. was, was ahead of its time. So uh, mostly this was like, go to your library and check out books and support your library. But also uh, go back and visit if it's not Dragonlance for you and it's, you know, whatever else came out when you were a kid try it because it's been really enjoyable to just go back and read something that's still like adult enough that I'm not reading like a child's book or something, but easy to read and, and nostalgic and, and nice to just get away and visit the land of Kryn with dragons and things. Tasselhoff Burfoot. Tasselhoff Burfoot. I still remember Tannis. Tasselhoff. Yeah. Tannis. What was the necro, not the white haired mage guy. Raceland. Yeah. I thought he was cool when I was a kid. He was. Yeah, I did too. Uh, 
I have this book like three times over. I have it in paperback and a collector's edition as well. And uh, I've read it a lot. So this is not like my second read through. It's probably like my, I don't even know, fifth or sixth read through. But uh, I don't know. It's just a, it's a wonderful little. It's a good, it's a good adventure story. A good team book. Yeah. Yeah. It just reminds you of like, you know, how simple <laughs> fantasy novels used to be. <laughs> yeah. Like go on an adventure, beat the bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Have I mean, it's like such like it's definitely Tolkien influence, you know, as is all all of Dungeons and Dragons. But it's it's such an easier read <laughs> that I'm like, oh, I can read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. But yeah, so go back and do that and check out your library. Uh, so another reviewing an old thing, sort of. Um, this is a little uh, less old. <laughs> a little less old. So Final Fantasy fourteen. It's funny because I did play the initial launch game in 2010 and it was not good and and they knew it was not good because they kind oh, of oh i think like, i remember it getting bad reviews and stuff. oh it got like absolutely panned yeah i played it for like a, a the free trial or whatever came with it and i never went back to it yeah um and I, it's funny i've been hearing a lot of buzz uh just on social media lately about it because the new expansion pack Shadowbringers, uh is just came out and i was asking on twitter i was like hey i'm looking to play something like was everybody playing and i had all these people writing back to me like i'm still playing final fantasy 14 final fantasy 14 i'm like why is everybody playing final fantasy 14 <laughs> and then a couple of the other podcasts i listened to are like yeah we're playing some final fantasy 14 i'm like what's going on with this game <laughs> like i'm this is, i was i'm really out of the loop so i was like okay well what did they do like that because this was like universally like like nobody liked this game when it came out yeah, yeah. So it turns out what they did is they basically just <laughs> scrapped they scrapped <laughs> like they scrapped the whole game really <laughs> and re-released it as something called a realm reborn and redid like a lot of the ui and character animations and music and uh, a lot of the systems they basically rebuilt the entire game and released it as a realm reborn and um, uh, and from what everyone's telling me is like the further you get into Final Fantasy XIV, um, the higher level you get, the better the story gets, the better everything gets. And granted, I'm not very high now. I think I'm like level 25, 26 or something like that. In just a mm -hmm. week, I'm still I'm still on the free trial. Um, but I'm having fun with it. Like it, it for a game that's 10 years old, it looks absolutely gorgeous on my PC. Like the environments are beautiful. The armor sets all look beautiful. Um, it's really pretty to look at it's to me like as someone who's played like a lot of mmos in the past it's so easy like i have not i have not died a single time and that's really refreshing <laughs> like i've literally gone 25 levels without dying and it's not like i'm super careful i just like they have just made the game uh very very simple to to kind of play to the point where i think they just kind of want to push you through a lot of the early content uh, to kind of get you into the later stuff, which is like all new and shiny and cool. So, uh, you know, it has all the trappings of a typical MMO game. There's a lot of different systems to learn, a lot of like lore and language to learn. Uh, they do these really neat cinematic cutscenes and quests, which I don't see very often in uh, MMO, MMO games. So, the, yeah, they'll actually do real camera work where it's not just like, you know, like a two shot of two characters talking at each other for 10 minutes. The camera will move. They'll do nice, like over the shoulder shots. It'll zoom in on characters' faces. It's that's really cool to see. Um, 
I mean, it still, like I said, does all the MMO stuff where it's going to be like, I need six fire beetle eyes <laughs> and I need those fast. Um, but it, 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 to me, it's like that kind of stuff is just like relaxing where I can like put on, I can put on music. Similar to Dragonlance. <laughs> yeah, I can put on music, right? And I can just like not really read the quest. <laughs> and I can just go like hack up some fire beetles for half an hour and be like, I got a new helmet. Like, okay, that's like what I needed in my life right now. So uh, it's cool. Like I, I, I'm going to stick with it for a little while and see how it goes. Like I don't, think anyone fully understands the world of final fantasy because it's like i've been <laughs> playing you? these i've been playing these games <laughs> since i was like 11 years old and they're not never, connected right not really they don't make they're, any they're sense. just like individual aren't they individual worlds is there is every final fantasy connected to the other final Fantasy? that doesn't make sense no it can't i don't be think, possible i think it's all like every every game is a different world right um like american horror story yeah, yeah. Each season is its own world. Yes, just like American and then and then they story. maybe connected at some point in one of the seasons, and everybody's like, "Don't do that." And then they're like, "Okay, sorry." And then they don't do it. Yeah, it's like every Final Fantasy game has like a Sid character, but they're always like a different yeah. character named Sid. They, <laughs> but they're all there's always a Sid, and there's always like a Biggs and a Wedge uh, who are from Star Wars that are also in Final Fantasy. Like whatever, it's weird. <laughs> But uh, anyway, it's, you know, it's been enjoyable. I'm playing a dragoon, which is a, a very classic uh, Final Fantasy character type. You have a lance and you jump on people, which mm -hmm, is fun. Mm -hmm. uh, final closing thoughts. Combat animation is really slick from an, for an MMO. Like your character does a lot when they fight, which is really cool to see. It's cool. Like I spin my lance around and jump around and do cool stuff. And it's uh, enjoyable to watch. So. I'm I'm giving it a thumbs up for now, but I'll I'll I don't know if it's gonna I'm gonna stick with it for a long time, but we'll see. That's cool. Cool. I think that was it. I think we did it. We did it. We did it. Uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 358 of the Rated NA podcast. Uh, 400. Oh, this is our 400th episode. <laughs> wow. A long time ago, Scott wanted to keep the numbers straight or something he had a very real reason for this but there are episodes like the um bioware based episodes and i don't know for some reason some there's just random interviews. episodes that yeah early interviews that didn't end up in our sequential number ordering uh so we've actually done 400 episodes but this is episode number 358 <laughs> we should he's, really... he is somewhere he's like hitting his dashboard and yeah, he is right he now. has it all figured out in his head <laughs> Like, you don't get it and he's just screaming and hitting his dashboard <laughs> his excel sheet it's like he's holding it up <laughs> he's waving it in the air <laughs> it all makes sense look guys. at column three <laughs> column three makes it work we should start next episode will be 401 <laughs> oh my god he loses mind right. loses mind that'd be so perfect uh okay but anyway thank you guys for listening we very much appreciate it you can uh Write us an email, nerds at nerdappropriate.com. If you have any questions or if anything to say, you can email us. Uh, or I already said that. You could, uh, yeah. send or you us could email a, us. Send us a tweet, uh, <laughs> nerdappropriate on Twitter. Oh, boy. <laughs> Starting to fade, man. I'm running out of steam. And you're Matt History on Twitter. So send Matt, I am. A, send Matt a tweet, too. And we'll be back next week with some all this stuff. Yeah.